This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with my good friend, John Beeler. We've got an awesome program for you today. Later on, we'll be talking about some of our uh, favorite shopping apps and tools to get uh, better deals out there on the internet. We'll also be talking with Ted Kritsonos. Uh, he's got a great subscription series going up on our website, again, at getconnectedmedia.com. This week, he's talking about the PlayStation Now subscription, uh, allowing you to get all sorts of games for a low monthly cost. And we'll be talking with uh, the uh, the people behind a new app called Work, spelled W-Y-R-K. And uh, it's uh, hooking up employers with uh, hourly uh, employees or employees looking for uh, hourly work. So uh, a really cool new app uh, up here in Canada. We'll be finding out all about it. And uh, we have a great contest going right now up on our website, getconnectedmedia.com giving away an e-scooter from Unagi. This thing is like the Tesla of e-scooters. And this month we are giving away one to one of our lucky listeners. And if you want extra chances to win, stick around to the end of the show. John, we have a, a secret question for them. We sure do. So you're going to need to listen carefully. And we're going to ask you a question about something somebody said during the course of the show. It's not hard. Just you just got to pay attention, even vaguely. <laughs> You'll be able to uh, to figure this one out. Again, just hang out till the end of the show and uh, find out what that question is, and you can answer it up on our website to get extra entries into the contest to win the Unagi e scooter. Let's look at some of the uh, the mobile and app news out there, John. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this one. Uh, we've tried out uh, some of the uh, the arcade cabinets from this company called Arcade One Up. And they make like little mini versions of like Pac-Man. They've got pinball machines, like digital ones. They're amazing. That Star Wars one we've had in our office, we can't get people off it. Yeah, it's mostly you trying to catch everybody else in the office's high score, though. <laughs> hey, I still have some of the high scores on that. You do, you do. Well, they have a, a new uh, gaming table uh, uh, coming out uh, that's going to be available for pre-order called the Infinity Table that has 40 preloaded games or apps on it and john try to explain this i mean i i want one of these for my home yeah imagine if you just had like you know your tv with say a nintendo switch and you're playing games on your tv what if you took that tv off the wall and you put it on your kitchen table and all your family could gather around it and you can actually interact with the table in front of you instead so they have 40 different games and you'll be able to purchase additional games as well what I like about this, John, is that it's kind of some of the classics. Uh, they have a lot of board games on there, like Monopoly and Scrabble and, and many, many others. And it's just like having this one device that's got all those board games built right into it. Yeah, it's one of those things you really have to see to, to understand, but it does look super fun. And the fact that it's changeable and that you know it's going to have all these different games presumably you'll be able to add more after and they'll probably have like a game store and which would be really cool and uh, yeah i think it, one of the nice things about these types of games like on a console for example is that you don't have to like keep track of like how much monopoly money you have for example because the the games do that for you so this makes it a little bit more fun and less i guess administrative <laughs> if if you will totally. yeah well they, they've got two different versions uh john as far as size like a 24 inch and a 32 inch screen size so again these can go right on your kitchen table or they've uh they've got uh legs you can put them on to make them a coffee table 
which is super cool. And they even show an example. They have it on the floor. And so you're just curled up on the carpet with your family around this TV in the middle of the floor. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this. They even got uh, games like, you know, Battleship. Remember that one? Yeah. Uh, Trouble is a, another one. Uh, and anyway, it's uh, all Wi-Fi connected. Like John was saying, you can have one to six um, players going on this. And uh, I'm excited. So again, uh, it's coming up for pre-order shortly. And we'll be following that story uh, as it comes up. Uh, John, we talk a lot about uh, facial recognition uh, on the show. Uh, EU or the European Union, uh, their data regulators are calling for facial recognition bans in public spaces. What do you think? Yeah, this is interesting because, you know, we've seen a lot of countries use uh, closed circuit television uh, tied directly accessible by the police to, you know, follow a crime in progress and track down the individuals involved. But having facial recognition that will basically identify who's coming and going from these spaces uh, has a, a huge privacy implication where you don't have the ability to opt out unless you're like wearing a mask, which then flags you for something else. So it's uh, it's it's interesting that they would do this like on a EU scale as well. So not it's just one country, it's the entire European Union. I got to be honest, John, I, I think we got to thank the European Union. Like they're bringing in all sorts of privacy legislation that, that bleeds over to us in Canada and the US. They've got their, uh, their data protection privacy uh, laws uh, happening, which again, you know, it, they happen to you know come over to Canada and the U.S. now just by default because like the big players like the Googles and Apples they might as well just implement it worldwide essentially. Uh, but this this new law would look at pro- prohibiting AI or artificial intelligence recognition of faces, uh, gait, fingerprints, DNA, voice, keystrokes, and other biometric or behavioral signals in any context in any publicly accessible area. I think this is a good thing. Absolutely. The other interesting uh, proposal is that they're going to ban any use of AI for social scoring. So this is basically a Black Mirror episode where your social score gets diminished as you navigate the world and how you treat other people. Uh, you get assigned scores, kind of like when you're using your Uber and you leave the driver a bad score, that type of thing. Um, but these, this technology could easily do that by tracking you as, say, you walk into a store, for example, and they know that you're potentially a shoplifter or maybe just a bad customer that's going to be bringing lots of returns, those kinds of things. So those kinds of uh, data points, uh, they're looking to prohibit the use in that case. So there, there is a problem to it, John. I have to, you know, in looking into this a little bit more, they say there'd be a few exceptions, including helping authorities find missing children and preventing a specific substantial and imminent threat, such as a terrorist attack. Yeah. They've, they've, they've opened the door a little bit. Do you see where I'm going? Yeah. This? Well, what does that mean? And how do you determine that I'm not a shoplifter, I'm a terrorist? Those types of things, right? Like, where's that slippery slope start? That that is a problem, uh, you know, John. When we were over in China uh, back a couple of years ago, we went to this one demo, and they've got cameras everywhere in China, and they were all happy. Like everyone that I talked to there, they they didn't have a problem with having cameras all over the city. And you know, they showed an example where you know this child was abduct, abducted, and within the space of an hour, they're able to find that child, even though he had gone like you know a couple hundred kilometers on a train with his uh, with his kidnapper. Well, when I was in Shanghai a few years ago, uh, my friend I was with, he left his wallet with his passport in a cab 
And he was able to go to the police and they were able to track our movements throughout the city and figure out which cab his wallet actually was in. And we were able to call that cabbie and get him to bring the wallet to my friend. Could you imagine being able to do that here? Like, so, okay. Sounds cool, right? Like your friend obviously is overjoyed. Yes. Yes. But what else are they using <laughs> to track? Well, that's just it, right? It's the surveillance society uh, and how much privacy are you willing to give up? Also, I'm sure people in China and other places where there's lots of cameras, they know where the dark zones are, where the cameras aren't pointing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we see this even on the SkyTrain in Vancouver. There's parts where you stand here if you want to be secure and on camera, right? Like there's these little zones that you go to if you're, by, you're traveling by yourself and maybe it's late at night and you don't want to have to worry about somebody else there if there's nobody else on the platform. Uh, you don't go to the end of the platform where the cameras maybe don't see as much or as well versus the dedicated zones. And the opposite is true for those dark zones where that's where the criminals live in those places. Yeah, it's going to be a, a weird world over the next uh, 10, 20 years, John. Like the technology is just advancing so quickly you know, especially with artificial intelligence and all the camera, like cameras are everywhere now. And we have all these trackers, you know, Apple just came out with the air tags, uh, which I like them, right? Because I'm not gonna lose my keys anymore. I can stick one on my dog even, but how trackable are we? Yeah. Well, and how trackable are you unintentionally or intentionally by someone that wants to track you without your knowledge? Right. So there's lots of unanswered questions, I think. Uh, another news story we're following here, John, this is kind of interesting on, uh, I guess, personal information. Again, uh, Amazon, they have a, uh, a device and uh, kind of a, a platform called Halo, and it's uh, for fitness. Uh, so they have this new body fat scanner. It works in conjunction with an app and uh, your camera and on the, on your smartphone. And a new study shows that it's able to calculate body fat. That's one of the features. And it's actually better than a lot of body fat measurements in, in actual labs. Yeah, this is where we're starting to see that, that uh, tipping point or convergence of technology uh, that's more passive and less invasive, like cameras or fitness bands, those types of things, even like our Apple Watches that are measuring all of our health data all the time. And because they're always on and, you know, it's a more natural setting for you to be wearing these things or to use a camera as opposed to going into a lab and be measured that way. Um, the data is starting to prove that these technologies are actually better than some of the best lab equipment. And it's a much more natural way for you to be measuring those types of things. So you're getting more accurate, more consistent and more regular uh, data that you wouldn't get if you have to go to the lab every time. Again, that's called Amazon Halo. We'll be talking more about that in shows to come. We're going to have to take a break here on the app show. Uh, when we get back, we'll be talking with the uh, folks behind the work app designed to help uh, people looking for a job. Back after this. You are back with the program. Mike Egerbo here with John Beeler. Of course, we always look at the latest in mobile and apps. And uh, today we're going to look at uh, a cool new one. Starting off here in uh, BC in Vancouver, it's called Work, spelled W-Y-R-K, an app uh, that uh, connects uh, employers with uh, hourly wage employees. To learn a little bit more about it, we've got their CEO on the line. Her name is Sarge Dollywall. Thanks for joining us, Sarge. 
Yeah, thank you for inviting me. So tell us about the app. Uh, I, I know you're going to be going after different types of industries. Uh, what are you starting off with uh, right now and how does it work? Right now we're starting off with security guards. Um, there, there are certain regulations that require certain things. So security guards have not, not been attacked by various different gig economy apps. And we are technically a gig economy app. Uh, so as far as Vancouver is concerned, we are launching, we have launched in Vancouver. We've got a number of security companies as clients already. Um, and the practice runs are gonna start come Monday. Very cool. So uh, if you go into the app or the, I'm assuming the website as well, uh, companies and and potential uh, security guards can basically sign up for this? Anybody that's hourly can sign up for this because yeah. we are going to expand into any kind of business that requires hourly workers um, with hard skills. So, you know, if you're a bartender, you have a bartender's license or you've done some bartending work, we want to talk to you. If you're you're a warehouse worker, we want to talk to you. Or if you want to try working out in warehouse, we want to talk to you. So work matches workers with work. And it actually looks at the worker's schedule. It looks at the worker's availability. It looks at the worker's wage requirements. So the worker actually sets the amount they want to be paid. So, so the difference here is we've internally mandated a $17 an hour minimum wage. So we will not accept anybody or any kind of work that does not pay our worker $17 an hour. And of course, tips and stuff go on top of that. And in addition to that, we will allow the quote unquote employers to hire these workers after they've tried them. So the interview process could actually be physically these people working and performing at the, at the site and then getting hired. When you've got 64% of turnover within the hourly workforce, can you just imagine reducing that by half? That would save a lot of money because uh, having to hire, like the whole hiring process and the training process, that is very involved for a lot of companies. And there's a cost to that, uh, definitely. So uh, finding a way to actually, uh, in the hiring process, actually getting to try people out, uh, God, that would be a, a godsend, I think, to a lot of folks. Uh, for So for some of the uh, industries you're, you're looking at, security, for example, do security guards have to have certain uh, certifications uh, or skills, and, and how do you manage that? Our our application, the, the brains behind the app have been 15 years in the making. It was actually originally designed with a security company in mind. So we ended up building a depth of uh, resources within the system and AI, which monitors and controls who gets invitations to what based on their qualifications and whether or not they're current, valid, and um, and appropriate. So in reference to security guards, the minimum requirement there is they have to have a security guard license. And then, then you've got your first aid, different levels of first aid, you've got driver's licenses, you've got you know all sorts of different factors that go into where a security card can work. So in, in example, there's you know, some security guards can carry guns, some can't. So our system is so deep as far as the business logic is concerned. Uh, I jokingly once said, if you wanted to find somebody that had one blue eye and one green eye to work for you, you could with our system. Very cool. So who ends up paying for this? Uh, do the workers have to pay to use the app or does the employer pay? You've got to make money somehow, Sarge. Yeah. So yeah. the monetization is is the worker 
does not pay anything. The, our objective here is to elevate the worker. So if the worker is expecting to get $17 an hour, they are going to get $17 an hour. The person that pays is the person who's using them. So the employer pays. And right now, in the fact that we are a startup. And so how do people get involved uh, with the app? Is it for the iPhone, Android, through the web? All three. Can't can't lose. <laughs> We're talking with Sarge Dollywall. She is uh, the CEO of uh, the new Work app that's spelled W Y R K, uh, an app that matches up uh, employers with uh, employees. Uh, any other plans to go outside of uh, Vancouver? Uh, absolutely. Like I said, we've got a company based out of Chicago that employs forty thousand people. That is going to be our second second place where we start. So they've already got. Again, they've got a huge base for us. They're just waiting for us to tell them to go ahead. The other thing, you know, you asked me earlier, how, how does it work? Um, it was actually my dentist because this would also work with dental hygienists and stuff. And I was explaining it to him and he says, oh, it's Tinder for workers. That's really what it is. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Swipe left or right, depending whether you, <laughs> you want to get no, matched No, we up. just say accept or decline. Okay. So essentially what happens is, is you get an offer for, for a job and it tells you everything, where it is, who's who's hiring you, what, what, what that person's rating is. So this way, the worker gets to actually rate the, uh, the people that they've worked for. So if somebody treats their employees bad, you're not going to, you're not going to appear or no, you're not going to get anybody through us. Great way to uh, self-moderate uh, that. Again, talking with Sarge Dollywall, all about the new work app. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us and uh, best of luck on this thank endeavor. You. And thank you for inviting me. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You're back with the program. Mike and John here. We're doing a, a great series up on our website right now. It's all about subscription services because literally everything is a subscription now. Yes, we should be clear, we're not doing it. Our good friend Ted in Toronto is doing it for us. Well, I like to think we're a team. Yeah, yeah. Because we're going to help promote it now, because we have Ted on the line, Ted Kritsonos, who has been uh, writing this uh, series. So everything from music like Spotify to Netflix to audiobooks. Today, we're going to talk about video gaming and specifically on the PlayStation side. Thanks for joining us, Ted. Good to be with you guys. Thank you. Ted, I find the video game subscription services like on Xbox and PlayStation super confusing. Well, you would not be alone, Mike. You would not be alone because the naming conventions are probably going to be confusing to people as well. And we're actually going to kind of get into that a little bit with one of Sony PlayStation's services. There's another one, but we're going to talk about one here, and that's PlayStation Plus. So there's PlayStation Plus. That's what we're talking about today. There's also PlayStation Now which is another day. Not now. It's PlayStation tomorrow. <laughs> so let's, let's just go with a PlayStation. That, that's another service, I think. Yeah. <laughs> no, no kidding. Uh, what is PlayStation Plus? And this is specifically for PlayStation owners? Yeah. So I, I'll start with what it isn't. Okay. So Plus is not a streaming platform. Okay. Like Xbox Game Pass is. So when you sign up for a PlayStation Plus subscription, you are getting access to uh, past video games that you can uh, sometimes download for free to play for either a limited time or for an infinite time. Uh, or you can also get uh, discounts on games that are for sale through uh, PlayStation's um, you know, uh, on, online marketplace, right? 
So it's, in effect, it's, it's almost like an iTunes. Like if you imagine what iTunes was like for music, that's kind of what PlayStation Plus is for PlayStation games. It currently works with the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. There is some access with the PS3 and the PlayStation Vita. Um, you won't get the perks necessarily that you get with the other two consoles, but you can still access it. And you can also get on with the PlayStation app uh, you know, on a smartphone or a tablet, you know, in case you want to make a purchase or something like that, uh, or download it, you know, set up a game to be downloaded next time you, you open up or uh, power up the console, things like that. Uh, but basically, this is an a la carte service, not a streaming service. So it's made specifically for people that already own a PlayStation. This isn't something that you could just have a smartphone like an iPhone and start playing PlayStation games. Absolutely, yeah. If you're going to play any games, you're going to need one of the consoles that is supported. So this is not something that you can bring in a mobile device like a phone or a tablet and start playing games uh, the way you would with Xbox Game Pass, which has that component to it. But Game Pass is a streaming service primarily. Yes, you can download games on it as well, but it is a streaming service uh, unto itself also. So that's not what PlayStation Plus is at all. This is a case where you're going to be downloading the game to play it before you even get to play it, really. Uh, and that's that's pretty much it. So uh, there are some other perks in there, you know, like, uh, I don't know, let's see, we've got specific skins maybe for a certain game, uh, certain packs, downloadable packs uh, that are might be exclusive to plus subscribers for certain games. Some of that aesthetic stuff that some gamers care about that does apply to plus as well. Uh, so those are extra incentives to signing up. But the main thing is the games that you can download. So what is the cost per month and how many games are we talking about and what kind of games are these? So we're starting, we have a 14 day trial where you can start it off. Okay. You do need to sign up with a credit card or a PayPal account though. So uh, just know that if you are going on the trial, they will charge you immediately once that's over. So it's not one of those things where you can set up a trial and then they'll ask for your payment information. You got to bring that up, up front. After that, you can sign up for a month at $11.99. So 12 bucks a month. Uh, but the better value is if you go for longer increments. So they'll offer a three-month subscription for 30 bucks. But the best savings really is the 12-month deal, which is at 70 bucks. So you break that down over the course of a year, you're looking at $7 a month uh, after taxes. It's not bad. And, and you get, again, you get everything. It doesn't matter how you sign up or for how long. It's, there's no, no real tiers here. It's just, it's just duration. So however long you sign up and that's it. As for the games... Uh, we've got some of the classics on there, uh, God of Wars on there. You've got, uh, you know, Uncharted. Certainly, the games that are Sony's first, uh, like first-party games, uh, are definitely gonna be on there, and those two titles uh, are among them. Uh, you can also get, I mean, there's just, yeah, there's a lot of games on there, dozens probably at this point. They do rotate, so some games will show up for about a month. You can download them and then and play them. And then they'll be rotated out. Others stay there for, you know, as long as Sony wants to keep them on there. PS4 owners will get two free games per month. PS5 owners get one. But, this is key, there are another 20 games that are called the PS Plus Collection. And those are not subject to the monthly limits. So if you want to download and play any of those PS Plus Collection games, you can. And... They're always there to download and play, and they don't rotate out. So once you download it and play it, it's yours to keep. I was going to ask you about that. So that's just that 
PlayStation Plus pack that you just mentioned for PlayStation 5. Because the other, like, you know, with the Xbox, if you download it and you, you're entitled to it, you get to keep it. You can keep playing it. It's not like it disappears at the end of its time or monthly cycle or whatever rotation that you mentioned. According to Sony, it's the same situation here too. So if you, if you have a, a PS5, and, and the PS Plus collection, just so people understand, is these are ported games from PS4. So these are PS4 games that have been ported over to work on the PS5. And if you're a PS5 owner, you have access to those 20. I mean, right now it's 20 games. I imagine they'll expand that. But right now it's 20 games. You'll have access to those games. You can download them, and you get to keep them. As far as I'm aware, based on what they've said, there is no limitation as to how long you can keep that game or if you download it and then at some point it disappears. As far as I'm aware, that's not the case. What about if you cancel your PlayStation Plus subscription? Does that disappear? If you cancel the PlayStation Plus subscription, the games are gone, as far as I know. I don't think that you get to keep games that you've downloaded through the service, even if you stop being a subscriber. And I can understand why, because if you were to sign up for a month and you downloaded everything and then you cancel... Well, it's uh, inter- it's interesting, though, because on the Xbox side... Uh, I've had the game pass and every month there'll be, you know, it's usually older titles, but if it pops up and you have the ability to grab it, you know, cause they, they cycle through every month, then it's yours forever. Right. And I can download it on the Xbox and I can play it six months from now. And I've, I've technically bought it on the Xbox store um, as far as they're concerned. So I can actually delete it and then redownload it for free. Interesting. Yeah. If that's the case here, I haven't seen that. Okay. But it's, it's possible that, and I don't have a PS5. I mean, admittedly, I don't have a PS5 yet because they're very difficult to get. Uh, but I, I don't, I'm not aware that that's something that Sony has done in this case. It could be, though, that in the, in the case of PS4 ports, that they might be willing to do that. Like, okay, you download the game, fine, you can keep that. I don't know that they'll do that with PS5 games. Right. Uh, but then again, right now, as far as I can see, there aren't, there's not much as far as PS5 content. Uh, on plus as it is yeah because some of these titles i mean they can take a long time to play through if you want to play through to the end for example and yes. you're, you're and you're casually gaming it you're not playing it hardcore every day so yeah. you want to have, be able to play that long after it's been rotated out of you know the fresh stock of the plus service or maybe you've canceled the service too exactly yeah so it, it it's hard to tell like i i mean unless they unless they allow you to keep certain games that you've downloaded and not others, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. But uh, from what I recall with, with PS plus, once you stop being a subscriber, that was it. You, you, you just lost that game. And Ted, I wanted to ask you, uh, when you sign up for this service, you do it on the console. You don't do it on an app or can you do it on an app or a web browser, for example? You can do it on a web browser. Okay. Uh, you can, you can, yeah, you can sign up on a web browser, but you can do it on the console as well. And also, you can find cards, uh, PlayStation Plus cards sold in retail all over the place. That was the other thing I was going to ask you, because I know with the Xbox, there's always a deal to be found uh, yes. for those cards. Sometimes Costco has a really good deal for like a 12-month or a 6-month subscription, for example. Definitely. And I, and I wondered if it was the same for PlayStation. It is. Yeah, I've, I've seen Costco deals in the past for you know, a 12-month PlayStation Plus subscription for 50 bucks. So, you know, a really good deal. And yeah, retail, I mean, they're all over the place in retail, like any, any section in retail that has cards, chances are you're going to find a, a PS plus one in there and they offer them in the different increments, primarily three and 12 month increments. You might find a six month one, but generally it's three and 12. 
those are often the ones that you find the most. Uh, here and there, maybe a one month, but I find the three and the 12 are the ones I see the most. We're talking with Ted Krotsonos uh, about the PlayStation Plus subscription service. I got to be honest, I'm still super confused. So this is probably a good <laughs> thing for you, Ted, because now I'm going to go to the, the Get Connected website and read your article so I can understand more. Uh, I wish these guys would make it less confusing, but I think the bottom line from this is that for eight bucks a month, if you buy the yearly subscription, you're getting a uh, a lot of games. And where are you going to get games for eight bucks. There's one. There's one other thing we should add, though, and that, and, and I'm sorry I didn't mention earlier, is the online multiplayer, right? So if you want to play a game that's online multiplayer, you, you're going to need PS Plus. Oh, you have to have that. Okay. Even yeah. even the free to plays like Fortnite and stuff. No, there are exceptions. I was just going to mention that. Thanks, John. Yeah, the free to play games like Fortnite, Apex Legends, World of Tanks, and Spellbreak. Those games are exempted from that, so you don't need the PS Plus subscription to play those games online. But for others, you do. So if there was some other game like Call of Duty or something that you wanted to play online on a, on a PlayStation, you're going to need Plus. Well, that's less confusing. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, visit our website, uh, getconnectedmedia.com. Uh, Ted's got the great series of subscription services, including the PlayStation Plus, that will uh, really walk you through all the different uh, components of it. But again, for 8 bucks a month, I don't think you really can go wrong uh, for all that gameplay that you're going to get. Thanks for joining us, Ted. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Got more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You're back with the App Show. Mike and John here. Don't forget to listen to the end of the program. We're going to be asking a question based on some of the segments that we've been doing today in the program. It'll get you extra entries into the giveaway, giving away an Unagi e-scooter. This thing's like the Tesla of e-scooters. you got to check it out on our website, getconnectedmedia.com. The contest entry and details are up there. And again, we'll be asking a secret question at the end that will get you extra entries. John, we're going to talk about shopping uh, apps and plugins now that uh, help us shop better and get better deals. Uh, let's start off with you. Uh, one that you use a lot is uh, an app and, and even a, a website called Flip. Yeah, flip with two Ps.com is the website, but I really like the app. I use the app all the time because it's got a search engine and you can basically type in whatever product you're looking to buy and it'll show you anywhere local that's selling it in person, like in store, or online deals for the same product. And the other thing that they're kind of were known for was they were one of the first places that were aggregating all of the f paper flyers that we used to always get into one place. So the really nice thing is you can go in, put in your postal code and uh, basically flag all your local stores, for example, and you can just browse on a regular basis all of the upcoming flyers as well as the currently active flyers for any deals and sales. And you can zoom in and you can even tap on different products in the virtual flyer and it'll actually create a shopping list for you. I love that. I can't tell you how many flyers I get in the local newspapers, John. And I like looking through them, but sometimes there's on, on, honestly too many yeah. of them. Yeah, especially when you're coming up to like a Black Friday or... Oh, dear God. Yeah, those ones you get like literally three inches thick of paper. Yeah. So now you can all do it on your smartphone, tablet, or even your laptop. And I love that price comparison feature, John. That is so good at saving time. Yeah. Because, I mean, sometimes it's good to buy it online, but sometimes you need it like this afternoon for something and you want to find yeah. out which local store has it. And then you can click through right from the app to see if it's even in stock, which is cool. 
I love it. Uh, I'm going to give out uh, one of my favorite plugins, John, and it's for Chrome browsers. Uh, and as far as I know, it only works on on Chrome. Uh, and it's called Honey. I've talked about it before on the show, but this is it's awesome. Uh, just Google Honey, uh, the Honey plugin, and essentially, uh, once you install this into your Chrome browser, it's it's pretty easy install. It will automatically look for all the promo codes that are on the internet for the things that you're shopping for. So if I'm going to Amazon or some of my favorite e-commerce sites, you know how they have that little promo code section? In the past, I would always sit there and scour the internet, you know, doing Google searches to find promo codes to see if I could get a better deal. Well, now Honey does it for you. It scans like literally 30,000 different sites and finds promo codes and automatically puts the best one in for you, which saves a truckload of time and and money in a lot of cases. Because you always feel like a sucker if you check out and you don't have a promo code. (laughs) Totally. Like it's like paying retail, right? Like no one likes to pay retail. I feel like a loser. Okay, we got one more, John. We got a couple minutes here. Yeah, so I recently found by accident on TikTok, desishopper.net. And what's really cool about these guys, they actually post uh, regularly on social media um, and they have a website, desishopper.net, that basically what they do is they go through Amazon and they find all of the deals that have sometimes really huge coupon codes. So this is kind of like what Honey is doing, but this is basically gives you a list of what's currently active and what they do is they show you the product you click on that uh that image it takes you to amazon and then it'll show you what the percentage off is and i've seen like i've literally bought stuff with 90 percent off coupons this way and these you, aren't I, john you're the master of shopping online i have to say that yeah i'm pretty good at it i think and maybe, so what's this called again desishopper.net <laughs> You uh, you were like the the Zen master of shopping, and how do you spell it again? D E S I Shopper dot net. Has this been around for a while? You know, I only found it a few months ago, and I not ashamed to admit I've bought a lot of stuff through it because they find stuff that because sometimes when you go to an Amazon page, for example, it'll say you know use this coupon code, but sometimes they're not even listed. Like it's you have to get it by you know being a subscriber to a mailing list for that particular vendor, for example, and so they aggregate all of these codes and they have it all on their website and all on their social media as well. Okay, so those were some of the uh, the apps and plugins we use. Again, uh, Desi Shopper, uh, I use Honey and also the Flip app. F-L-I-P-P. When we come back from the break, a little more uh, tech to talk, and we're going to give you the secret question to get you extra entries into our e-scooter giveaway. Stay tuned. You are back with the app show. As we had mentioned during the program, we are giving away an Unagi e-scooter. If you want extra chances to win, we have the secret question. And John, the question? What was Mike's plugin for saving money while online shopping? Not necessarily my plugin, but the one I use all the time. We talked about in our previous segment about shopping. Works only in the Chrome browser. You just have to have that name of that shopping plugin and go to our contest page up at getconnectedmedia.com. And that gets you extra entries and ups your chances of winning our e-scooter giveaway. Giving away an Unagi e-scooter. It's all kinds of awesome. I want to thank all the folks that helped put the show together, including John and Christina. And uh, don't forget to hit our website for all sorts of other great videos, how-tos, and uh, all the latest blogs at, again, getconnectedmedia.com. This is Mike and John signing off for the App Show. We'll see you again next time.
You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.